A fight to stop the expansion and widening of I-35 continues. What steps those against the project have taken leading up to new legal action? We had a beautiful weekend this weekend, but next weekend, a different story. We'll preview downpours, storms, and a new flooding threat. Good evening, everyone, and thanks for joining us. I'm Nabil Ramadna. Three U.S. troops were killed in a drone attack on a base in northeast Jordan near the border of Syria today. These are the first U.S. fatalities after months of strikes by Iranian-backed militant groups. According to the United States Central Command, 25 others were injured in the attack. In a statement, President Joe Biden said the White House was still gathering facts on the attack, but the U.S. would hold those responsible accountable for their actions. The Islamic resistance in Iraq also released a statement today taking credit for four drone attacks in Syria and Jordan. However, it's not clear if the group is responsible for the deaths of three U.S. troops. NBC Nightly News will have more on this coming up. First warning weather with meteorologist Nick Bannon. Well, we're coming to the end of the afternoon after a beautiful day with a cloudless sky and warmer temperatures. This is how it looks in South Austin at the Lady Bird Johnson Wildflower Center. Just a fantastic day to be spent outside. Hopefully you spent some time outside today soaking in some vitamin D safely, of course. Mid-60s is where we are outside right now with just a little bit of a light breeze. Temperatures were above normal for this time of year here today and clouds and radar completely completely clear skies. So with a clear sky and relatively light winds, it's going to be another cool night. Just not as chilly as last night was mid fifties by nine down to 50 by nine. I should say and dropping to 46 here at 11 with no clouds around at all. But coming up in first warning weather, we'll track a mild work week ahead. Show you when the clouds start to thicken back up again and we'll give you all the indications we're seeing on some heavy rain, a potential flood threat coming with next Saturday's storm. And one of the biggest races on the ballot in this year's Texas primary is the campaign for Senate. Democrats will pick the candidate to challenge Republican Ted Cruz in November. Today, three of the top Democrats in the race met on the debate stage here in Austin. Politics reporter Ryan Chandler covered the big day. You know, what are the takeaways from this? Yeah, so these are the top three candidates running to unseat Ted Cruz. And if there's one thing they agree on, they all want to take him out of the Senate come this November. But they're going to have to win the primary on March 5th to do that. And they all have a different pitch for why they are the person who can best become the nominee and beat Ted Cruz. First, there's the front runner, Dallas Congressman Colin Allred. He's running as the bipartisan dealmaker. He's been in the House and he argues that he's shown he can flip a red district blue. He can work with Republicans to get things done in Washington. Challenging him is San Antonio State Senator Roland Gutierrez. He's pitching himself as the candidate who can bring major, unapologetic, progressive policy to Texas. Remember, he represents the families of those killed in Uvalde, and he's made a major point of his campaign to introduce farther gun reform measures in the Senate. Then there's State Representative Carl Sherman. He's running as something of a unifier. He's a former mayor with experience in the legislature, and he's a devout pastor. He is far behind in the polling and in the fundraising, but he argues a faith-driven approach could give Democrats what they need to attract some new voters. We have to make sure that we actually beat Ted Cruz in this election. I've got a record of beating long-term incumbents who nobody thought could be beaten. That's the way we win in November, not by moving to the middle, but by inspiring 
every Democrat in this state to go get new voters and go beat these people. So one party, a lot of different ideas, and you'll have your opportunity to make your choice for who you want to take on Ted Cruz on March 5th. Thank you very much, Ryan. And moving on here, the lawsuit filed this week by Rethink I-35 and other groups opposing the I-35 Capital Express Central project is getting some pushback from TxDOT. The project is meant to expand and widen interstate to create non-tolled hub lanes and add east to west cross street bridges and more. The lawsuit filed Friday claims TxDOT filed or failed to consider the potential impacts of the plan on the environment and racial inequity. In response to the lawsuit, TxDOT's executive director said, quote, we have carefully followed and even exceeded the environmental and legal requirements to advance this project. We don't believe that the actions of these opponents have merit. TxDOT intends to continue to press forward to deliver the I-35 Capital Express Central project. Now, this is not the first lawsuit that has been filed against TxDOT's I-35 expansion plan. A different lawsuit filed by Rethink 35 in the summer of 2022 claimed TxDOT violated the law by splitting up the project into three sections versus one larger project. The lawsuit claimed that move was made by TxDOT to, quote, avoid a more rigorous environmental review and public engagement of a single larger project. About a year later, that lawsuit was dropped, with the groups eyeing new legal action against the downtown portion of the project. It's really going to take all of us, and luckily we have the pages of history to draw from. This has been done before. We can do it again. And tonight at 10, we'll hear from some of those plaintiffs. Now, with work on downtown Austin's I-35 expansion set to begin this year, this week we got an update on the efforts to bridge east and west Austin. That includes caps, which are deck plazas that stretch over the sunken portions of the highway and can hold community amenities, green space, and small structures. City leaders hope the caps reconnect downtown Austin with the east side and minimize the historic segregation of the two communities. Council is set to approve an additional round of funding later this year on top of the 15 million it already earmarked. The Biden administration is expected to award billions of dollars in subsidies to top semiconductor companies. According to reports from the Wall Street Journal, the expected announcements are aimed at helping to build new factories in the United States and kickstarting manufacturing of advanced semiconductors that power smartphones, AI and weapons systems. Going in depth here, Texas has become a hub for chip manufacturing with several companies working on chips projects in the Lone Star State, according to CNBC. Now, since the CHIPS Act was first introduced in 2020, over 50 semiconductor projects worth over $200 billion were announced across the U.S. Over $60 billion were allocated for projects located in Texas. That includes Samsung's semiconductor plant in Taylor, which is currently under construction with mass production planned to start in 2025. One Central Texas community recognized for its efforts to curb light pollution. How doing so could help the local wildlife. And with the eclipse just a few months away, one group is helping to make the exciting phenomenon more accessible to the visually impaired. 
Climate activists threw canned soup on the Mona Lisa at the Louvre today. Video shows two women throwing a red liquid at the painting before crossing the wooden barrier protecting it from the crowds. One of the women then takes off her jacket revealing a shirt reading the words food response in French. That's the name of a food sustainability activist group that says the government is breaking its commitment to protect the climate. After the soup throwing incident, museum workers were seen rushing to block the view of the activists and the painting. In an emailed statement, the museum told MPZ News that no damage was done to the Leonardo da Vinci painting, which is protected under armored glass. All right, cedar high, but at least it's trending down from where it was 24 hours ago. Mold is low, but trending higher. Our temperatures trended a little higher here today. We made it into the upper 60s, a little above normal. And in fact, we've got warmer days ahead with some 70s too, but we'll be focusing a lot of our attention on next weekend because another storm can bring some significant rain our way. We'll update you on our thinking in first warning weather. People got together at UT Austin today to put together a light sound device which can help those living with a visual impairment be able to enjoy the upcoming eclipse in April. The devices are able to take light intensity and brightness and turn it into sound waves with bright light being converted into a flute-like sound and low light giving off clarinet-like notes. The goal for the UT workshop was to create over 150 of these light sound devices in just two days. Light Sound has hosted many workshops like this and will be heading to Harvard next to create more of these devices with the ultimate goal of donating them to the upcoming solar eclipse events. The city of Jonestown joined an elite group this past week as one of the about 200 places in the world designated as Dark Sky Community. The International Dark Sky Association grants the recognition to places that have made tangible impacts in reducing light pollution and preserving nightlife in their communities. Jonestown's designation followed a four-year process that resulted in lightning or lighting code ordinances, changes as well as upgrades for new construction requirements. Community leaders have also worked to educate residents on the impacts of light pollution on local habitats and wildlife. Those who helped spearhead the dark sky process said they hope to protect and safeguard the city's landscape for generations to come. The beautiful habitat and um, landscapes that we have out here, you know, the hills and just the wildlife, it's preserving the way it used to be. Digital reporter Kelsey Thompson has more details on other dark sky communities in Texas online at KXAN.com. First warning weather with meteorologist Nick Bannon. Just fantastic weather considering the amount of rain we've had lately, which of course has been beneficial in many ways, but also the cloud cover. It was nice to get some sunshine here this weekend and we had nothing but sun today. 64 is where we are right now in Fredericksburg at the Barrens Creek Vineyards on a pretty good end to our Sunday afternoon and beginning to the evening. We've got clear skies across much of the state now. Just want to show you what's going to start drifting in later on tomorrow. Some high thin clouds over the southwestern states and northwestern Mexico. These aren't going to bring any rain chances our way, but you will notice high clouds starting to thicken up slowly. 
uh, later in the day on Monday and as we get into Tuesday and Wednesday especially. Taking you into Monday morning, still clear skies, but later in the afternoon and into the evening, a very subtle increase in these high thin clouds that will still allow sunshine through them, but may obscure the sun a little bit and make the sky a little bit less blue. Same is true on Tuesday, and we'll probably have thicker clouds even on Wednesday. So our forecast tonight is cloud-free, probably for the last night of the week, down to 41, clear and cool, although not as chilly as it was earlier this morning, with some spots in the hill country getting down to freezing early this morning. Not expecting that to start the day tomorrow. So your Monday actually looks pretty good, starting at 41, but warming up to 61 by noon, and then a subtle increase in those high thin clouds during the afternoon, but high temperatures almost reaching 70 here tomorrow. Then the clouds just a little thicker on Tuesday, but we're up to 70, and then even thicker still on Wednesday. And after a weak cool front uh, changes the wind direction slightly, we think the temperatures on Wednesday come down slightly down to 68. Still all eyes are going to be on the Pacific as we watch the arrival of our next storm, which looks on track to arrive here late Friday into Saturday. Still, it'll be a West Coast problem through Thursday before that moisture starts to shift eastward, bringing us low rain and light rain chances during the second half of Friday and into especially Friday night. But this thing doesn't really get going until late Friday night into Saturday morning with more of a widespread rain, some potentially heavier rain, and even some thunderstorms in the mix here too. Rainfall amounts with the storm have been trending up over the last day. This trend may not continue, but things are looking better for rainfall potential. This particular computer model gives us about one to three inches area-wide. The National Weather Service official forecasts a little more conservative than that, with three quarters of an inch to an inch and a half for the hill country and an inch and a half to two and a half inches for the metro and our eastern counties. But we've seen enough of a trend that we do want to give you a first warning about the potential for some rather impactful weather Friday night into Saturday for all of central Texas. This would include heavy rain and storms and the potential for flash flooding and even a low severe weather risk mainly for Saturday. Certainly something that we're going to keep you updated on as we head through the week. But as you're already making your plans for next weekend, there's a first warning on that. Until we get into Friday, it's all dry through Thursday with temperatures in the 60s and low 70s. Friday has that low rain chance late in the day. There are those storms and downpours Saturday, but just a low chance for a lingering shower Sunday as temperatures cool off back down into the 50s. This is KXAN Sports, brought to you by Thomas J. Henry. The AFC Championship will once again go to the Kansas City Chiefs, beating the Baltimore Ravens 17-10 to on the road. That game just wrapped up a few minutes ago. Kansas City has won four out of the last five AFC titles. Of course, Kansas City won the Super Bowl last year. The Detroit Lions and San Francisco 49ers will kick off next. The winner will meet Kansas City in the Super Bowl in Las Vegas next week at 5.30. College basketball, the UT men's. Hoop squad had a tough trip to Utah where they lost to BYU 84-72. The loss snapped the Longhorns' two-game winning streak, and the bugaboo for Texas was their defensive struggles. BYU, in basketball terms, cut up Texas, and their passing and prolific offense resulted in the high point total and high shooting percentage, over 60%. Now, Texas felt good about their plan, but the Cougars blew it up. I know we, we had it at a, at a couple of different times in the second half where we wanted it. Uh, we were playing pretty good defense. To your point, they, they were playing better offense, you know, and 
we guarded as well as we could guard on a couple really good possessions. And, you know, you got to tip your hat to them. They made a couple tough shots and, uh, um, you know, the ball bounced their way. All right, they'll take on Houston tomorrow night. Texas State, the Bobcats, they've struggled all season, and that continued this afternoon against the Raging Cajuns. They showed some fight early. Brandon Love with the layup to put the Bobcats up 7-6. to six. That would be their only lead, though. They were down by six here, but Caden Gums with the beautiful layup to bring Texas State within four, but just too much Raging Cajuns. Themis Folks with the three-pointer put Louisiana up by 17. Folks had 23 points to lead all scorers. Bobcats lose 66 to 46. They dropped to one and eight in conference, seven and 14 overall. Well, the UT women, they got back on track after a great defensive performance. Yesterday, we'll recap the Longhorns win over Cincinnati when sports continues after this. Keep it here. All right, Texas got back in the winner's circle after dismantling Cincinnati. The defense was an area they addressed heavily, and safe to say after Saturday's win, the Longhorns got the message. Vic Schaefer was not happy at all with Texas giving up 91 points to Oklahoma earlier in the week. That's the most they've given up this season. Taylor Jones was definitely one who learned from the loss. That was one of her seven blocks. Madison Booker out with a hamstring injury. She had to look on uh, on Saturday. But Shaylee Gonzalez and the rest of the crew picked up the slack. Gonzalez had 13 points, then Aaliyah Moore, she was the highest scorer for Texas with 16. Taylor Jones had 13 points, 9 rebounds, and as I mentioned earlier, 7 blocks. So Texas getting a big 17-point victory even in the absence of their superstar freshman. We needed to amp it up and we needed to come out and do better. And I think having Maddie out just like also made everyone step up even more. Like we knew coming into this game that we were gonna have to play really, really hard and we needed to come out with a win. And especially with her going down, I think that that just raised everyone's awareness and just focused a lot more. All right, they'll take on Baylor Thursday. The Australian Open men's singles final today, Yannick Sinner and Daniil Medvedev vying for the trophy and it would be Sinner who eliminated Novak Djokovic who dominated the Australian Open back Earlier this week, Center finished the job today, beating Medvedev, rallying from being down two sets to none to win three to two. So, Yannick Center doing his thing. All right, Nabil. Now, how are you out? I know you're a pickleball guy, but how are you out on the actual tennis court? Tennis court, I am not. I didn't grow up playing tennis, so. Okay. I, I, I think I have a horrible backhand. I can't serve that great. But if you get me on the pickleball court, I was going to say, I, I, am I didn't ask you about pickleball, though. I asked you about tennis. We'll have to go play. No, we don't. We I, don't. I we never do. play tennis, and I don't plan on doing it anytime soon. Well, I enjoy pickleball, but not tennis. We'll have more coming up after the break here. Ahead for us, the circus animals saved on an Indiana highway, plus the AI deep fake ads and calls how they're impacting the election campaign, and the so-called swatting pranks hitting more high-profile politicians. All that ahead on Nightly News. All right, a lot going on on Nightly News, but talking about the weather here, been yeah. a beautiful day. It's winter and it's sunny and nice outside. Yeah, and we think that that weather continues into the work week, at least for the most part. Let's take you into your bust out forecast here for Monday. I know the kids are like, no, not another school week, but yes, uh, at least the weather will be nice. We think recess is going to be outside and pleasant. 41 at drop off, 69 for the afternoon, just some high thin clouds coming in later in the day. Most of the work week is fine, upper 60s 
60s and low 70s. But late Friday, mainly Friday night and into Saturday, we'll be watching out for some uh, rain developing, turning to some heavier rain and even thunderstorms uh, for Saturday. So that'll be our focus most of the week, Nabil, is uh, fine-tuning the rainfall amounts with that Saturday storm. I was going to say, I like those 60s and 70s. Perfect for tennis, pickleball, <laughs> anything outside. Thanks for joining us here. We'll see you all tonight right here on KXAN.